you've written a book recently and uh, what, what inspired you to write that? And, you know, what's it about? I took um, the first part of 2020 in January before, before COVID um, and uh, felt like I needed to write for the faith-based community so they could understand the role that they could play in the trajectory of changing lives of foster kids. So we have, at that time, I had only, we had only fostered probably three dozen, 30, 35, 36. Um, we're now up in the, in the forties somewhere. Um, but it was, uh, primarily just trying to get the, the faith-based community to think about bringing the gospel into hard places with kids that may never, that, kids that may never have a chance to hear it clearly anywhere else. And it's not like we can preach the gospel to them, but we can live it and we can show it. And when they ask questions, we get to respond um, being true to who we are. And so over the course of our, we're in our fourth year. Um, it, we've had three teenagers um, come to Christ uh, in their little time in our, in our homes. So it's more of the idea the, the tagline of the book is just consider yourself a temporary parent. It's a temporary assignment for a tremendous cause, making a timeless impact. And so that's the tagline of the book. But thinking of yourself like a seasonal employee, you, know, you kind of before Christmas, everybody puts up seasonal signs and, and that's how we see it. We're just being a being a pop for um, for a, for a minute and then they're going to. Most 51% of all foster kids will reunite with their bios or with a uh, with a grandparent or an aunt and uncle. So we're just holding down the fort for, for a minute um, while they get traction. So that's the name of the book, Missional Fostering. You started to mention the fact that you know, you have these two different mindsets and almost it, it, it almost looks kind of like, and this was one of the shocking things to me. It kind of looks like, you know, one way you have, I'm a sinner and I need to fix myself. And then on the other side, you have Jesus is in me and I can be myself. And like in a church setting, you know, as a pastor, I'm assuming you, you have seen that play out in so many different ways, but in your own life as a leader, you know, as somebody who is shepherding people, um, what does that look like from your perspective in, you know, helping them to make that mental transition? I got to tell you, we're a work in progress because I, I think I'm a recovering legalist. You know, I, I think I, 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 I tend to that way. I'm disciplined by nature. Um, I'm self-starter. I, I, a list writer. So I tend toward legalism easily. Trusting in Christ is something that is not natural for me. And it is something that I'm, you have to lean into. But when you come back to Colossians 2, and the reality is the only path for victory for our flock is for them to trust in Christ who is living inside of them. I think if there was a, if there was a knock on our brand and I, I am I am not angry at my past or my roots. I I'm not about the burn the 
burn the bridge and whatever. But I think the knock would be we began to trust in ourselves and we failed to understand that the eternal life that we received began at the moment of salvation. Enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Trust in that. Let that lead you. We we talked about relationship, but it ended up being rule keeping Mm. and not on purpose. But that's so. And it wasn't just IFB. I mean, this is I was listening to a guy today on the way driving Mm -hmm. in. Law keeping is a part of religion. Um, Relationship is what makes Christianity different. And that's where we've got to get our churches back to. How are we doing it? Tyler, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't think we're doing too great sometimes. Um, but I think it's just but I know the right answer. What is Christ leading you to do? How is how is Christ in you directing this? That's a hard mentality to to switch. And and you mentioned that that's kind of your personality. It's um, and and especially for those of us that were, we, where we did grow up in this and, and this is like all we've ever known. So to hear that to, to, for somebody to say, okay, you know, I, I know that you've put up, uh, you know, all of these rules or standards or whatever you want to, whatever verb or or word you want to use. Of course, they're all, they're all essentially laws. And I want you to remove those and just trust that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. That is like, that doesn't even sound right from, from that mentality. Like I, everyone that I, that I speak to that is in that mentality, you know, the, the first, uh, the, the first response is, well, 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 we're not supposed to continue in sin. And, and it's as though if you don't have those, those laws, you know, the, this, the Holy Spirit is not going to to to, to lead you. you. You need both. You need the law and you need the Holy Spirit. But I'm only looking at the law. And it's it's such a, an incredible mentality switch to just understand, well, God really does live within you and he will guide you and, and he will direct you. And 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 that that understand it's so it's so interesting. It's, um, you know, and. And how's the law working for 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 when we were in legalism, and for those that are still there? How how is that? Have they become perfect? Have they become sinless? Um, and, and by by whose standard? But I, I just I just thought the menta- that that struck me a few moments ago when you mentioned that that mentality shift to where I'm no no longer depending on how good I can be, how many rules I can keep, and I'm only going to depend on Christ. And the Holy Spirit, that that's and it's focus. It is Christ. It is, it is. I'm taking my eyes off of everything that I can do, all of the you know what whatever uh, formal church service as as we call it, or uh, whatever 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 it may be, where we consider ourselves to be more righteous, or we feel like others uh, acknowledge the the work that we've done, and and kind of set that aside and just look at Christ and say thank you. You've forgiven me. I'm reconciled. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I mean, it's it's a weight that's lifted. Christ says, "My my what is it? My my yoke is easy. My burden is light. <laughs> I can't even feel it. It's he's carrying it." And and I can't imagine the amount of pressure that must take off of you as as like a leader. You know, to know that it's not it doesn't all rest on my shoulders, right? Like 
I'm just thinking about many things that I've heard from a pastor uh, that, that I spoke with where, you know, the, the phrase was as the administrator of, of personal righteousness in the church and that he must give an account for everyone and, and, you know, and their behavior and man, the, the pressure that must go along with that. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, that you can relate to that in such a big way. Yeah, you're right. Administrator of personal holiness. I'm just wondering which translation. <laughs> Look at her chapter and verse on that. Hey, you know, so Tyler, I, I got to tell you, I don't see myself as an expert in this, but I know that there are probably pastors who may hear this or listen to this. And then you're thinking, what does this look like in our church? Right. How, um, it, when you're trusting in the Holy Spirit, he very well may lead you to do everything that was on your previous checklist. I think the key is where is Christ? Is he out in front of the checklist or is he is he underneath the checklist saying, now that I've done all this, here's my answer. Now I get Jesus. Or do we begin with Jesus? And beginning with Jesus may lead us into... Um, praying and meditation and worship and Bible reading and, and giving and, and soul winning and, and all of those things. But he, yeah, that would be the thing for church. And so as, as a church, um, as a pastor, it's hard because when people knock grace, when, when you start talking about grace and people go, Oh yeah, now you're about license and everybody's down the slippery slope and everybody's going to, you know, slip off into as if Christ is not, the answer. It's like, oh, wait, all they have is Jesus? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Wait a minute. We've got to have these fences to help them because you know the Holy Spirit's not good enough. Look what happens when we trust him. Wow. That's the hard part. And that's when I think the realization is, wait a minute, where is my strength? Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this is where we t- it keeps coming back to to Christ. And so, um, that's the, that's the hard part for pastors is, yeah, I know there's this sense of which, okay, my responsibility is for teaching. My responsibility is not for managing behaviors. And that's where the Holy Spirit's got to take that word and water it and grow it and mature it. But trees come forth and they spring on at different paces and they have different speeds of producing fruits and being patient in that time is, well, that's a hard thing. Hey, hey Tyler, you um, you uh, mentioned something uh, the other day. Um, you you watched uh, the live stream of our church, and um, you mentioned something about the um, the panel board. Yeah, that is, that amazes me. Um, so you know, you guys do this thing, and maybe you can explain it a little better than I can, but. I'm kind of like a, you know, I'm I'm an onlooker at just about every service uh, Cross Point of Santa Maria has. I'm like, you know, John Stone is kind of like my pastor, you know what I'm saying? But uh, he doesn't know that. But but <laughs> I'm there, you know, I'm watching, and uh, I noticed this on a couple of occasions. You guys have done this um, this service where there's there's this uh, panel of people up there and it's almost like a question and answer type format where everybody kind of comments on certain things. And one observation that I've had is that the spirit is so evident in the, in the ability for you guys to take these somewhat controversial topics at times 
and be in unity and like talk about them from the perspective of Jesus. And I want to say that that actually has been a huge blessing to me. And if you would just kind of describe what what you're doing there and, um, you know, what the goal is or, or, you know, what the idea came from. If I could zoom up, if I think you're asking about a, a method that is a part of a larger process of, so how, how do you lead a church from a legalistic law-based mindset to a grace-based mindset and just one voice speaking? I don't think one voice speaking is the answer. And I know that's, that flies in the face of many of my pastor friends. So what we do is, so years ago, a couple of years ago, I started just preaching expositionally through Paul's writings and we'd get to the end of the book and then I'd kind of summarize it. But um, probably about three or four books ago, um, you get to the end of the book and we invited a panel to sit up and then I would kind of write questions get them to, I was kind of like throwing the softball, I guess, like what you're doing, throwing the softball up in the air and letting people swing at it. And we started doing that and it helped our flock because they saw their peers, their comrades sitting on a panel, discussing grace, discussing salvation, the gospel. Um, It feels like a large connect group. That's Mm -hmm. the last one we had. Um, we were finishing the book of Colossians and we talked and in this had never happened before, but people from the audience started raising their hand and talking, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, Whoa, that's really good. You should sit up here next time. <laughs> and I'm going to go back down there. But so how do you move a church? Well, you, you, I, for us, I was just preaching new covenant messages, um, preaching through the gospel, through the, through the Paul's writings. And then we have a panel at the end, um, to kind of help people hear from a different voice. Um, we've changed our discipleship programs to, there was a book written by Zach Maldonado Mm. called perfect and forgiven. Mm. And, um, so we wrote our own discipleship curriculum, um, up through that book so that we're con- how, we're changing, trying to help the mindset go from religion to relationship. And I'm not saying there's not great discipleship curriculums. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the one that's helped us is one that, so we kind of wrote our own so that now we're going through that together with people. But um, I think it's helped with a plurality of voices speaking a similar but not identical um, message and it it has helped people to understand i think that's the easiest way to put it man and that's scary you know especially from where we come from because man it's all about you know keeping control and it's the like, man of yeah. god has the, the, the throne right <laughs> and you're over here giving that out you know giving that position or giving that that uh control up to not just the people up there on the panel, but to the audience, you know, I mean, how did you go, go, how did that fit with you at the beginning? Well, we didn't take questions from the audience for the first two or three, (laughs) you'll notice. Um, And we were very selective on who came on the panel, but after now our church is becoming a little more well-versed. It's not threatening to have somebody else speak to and even ask questions and me not feeling like I'm the only one who's able to dispense truth because the same Holy Spirit that is in me is also in others. Now, I understand that a pastor is a gift to the flock for the purpose 
of developing the, 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 the team, right? Um, but recognizing that if you train, if you speak, if you're sharing, then, and people are tracking sometimes Hector or we had, um, we had different people on the panel last time. Yeah. They're able to speak words that connect with somebody else. And somebody says, Oh, I understood what they were saying. It makes sense now. So, and we hear that feedback from, right. From the flock, you know? So, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying we're doing it right. I just want to back up right yeah. there, Tyler, and say, okay, there's no pedestal here. Yeah. I'm not saying we're doing it right. I'm just telling you how we are navigating trying to take our church. And our new converts, it's been no transition at all. Grace, beautiful. It's for those who are long in the faith, who grew up in a religious home. Those are the ones that it's 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 like Second Timothy 2 when it talks about humbly correcting or some some places put it gently teaching the flock and that's that's what it's going to take to uh to try to that's what it's going to take for you guys talking to your crew that follow you guys um you can't just drop bombshell statements and then walk away and, <laughs> and think okay that's going to knock it down. it's this gentle humble correction this gentle teaching over and over and over when it resonates. And that's Uriah, how you can navigate the six months. You gently spoke, you preach the gospel to yourself every day. And that's what it's going to take for us as we try to gospelize our nation that is basically a reached nation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, when you look at the little green dots on the world maps, we are a reached nation, but we are far from the gospel. Mm-hmm. Because there are, there are people, I mean, we, we get people on the gospel perspective that reach out to us of, um, you know, people that find themselves in a legalistic church mm-hmm. and now, you know, grace has just messed them up. Like it messed up Tyler it messed up Uriah, it messed up me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're just not comfortable. They're not comfortable anymore, you know, at their church and they're, and they're like Uriah said, they're looking for grace. I mean, what would you say to them? How would they go about this transition? How would they, who do they go to? How, you know, because there is, and grace-based churches are hard to find. Right. And uh, I mean, you have any advice for those kind of people? Okay. So, um, okay. I start with what you know, where you're hearing a good message. So start here, text these guys and say, Hey, look, I'm living in Topeka, Kansas, you know, help me find some place, you know, where I can hear this message. There are, there are authors that have transitioned or that are speaking very clear gospel messages. And, um, it's not my job. I I would leave off people on the list. There are people that have helped me that I enjoy listening to. Um, but I think the, the, like the captain obvious answer is okay. Christ is in you Mm. that we need not that any man teach us, but every man's instructed by the Holy spirit. First John says, so number one, you have the secret weapon inside of you. Ask, ask the Holy spirit, make this clear to me. Um, find podcast, find messages of people that are preaching a message of dependence on Christ and fuel yourself with those. The, uh, unfortunately, churches that preach a grace message are hard, hard to find. And, um, but they're out there, but we're starting to be more like the early church in this extreme 
era of persecution, that's when the church exploded. And I think as America moves forward in in a culture of taking away freedoms, we are going to have people that are pressing into Christ and it's going to be organic. And I think it's going to feel more like first century Christianity, which didn't have massive edifices. And it was more just this trusting in Christ to get through the day. Um, I hope that answers. I've tried not to give names. I've I've dropped a couple of names today of guys (laughs) like the John Lynch book on the cure. Next to the Bible, there's not a book that I've read any more than that one. I Mm. I think I'm taking my family through it. I've probably been through it five or six times, maybe more. Um, There are guys that helped me in my journey. They may not connect. You may not connect with them. But if you reach out to the guys on this podcast, I'm sure they can help direct you and point point some things your way for sure. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, would you mind praying for us as we close here? Um, and, and specifically for those, because we, we've, we've encountered a lot of people that are just having a hard time at their churches, you know, or, you know, at, in their ministry positions that have a, you know, changed their mentality and are just hurting because, uh, you know, now loss has happened to them because of the grace message. Right. And, you know, can, would you just uh, this morning, you know, as we close in prayer, um, pray for them if you guys don't have anything else to add. So, Father, we we thank you for this gospel. We thank you that Christ is not just an insurance ticket to deliver us from hell, but that Christ has come to give us life and more abundant life in the here and now. We're so grateful that you live in us, that you have adopted us. You have put us in your family. You have made us holy. You've redeemed us. You have made us perfect and accepted in the beloved, that we are your friends, that you have put your commandments inside of our hearts, that we are a new creation. We are thankful that you gave us a new heart, that you have given us a new mind. We're thankful that the grace of God that brings salvation now teaches us what what we should say yes to and what we should say no to. So I pray, Father, for those that might be listening that are discouraged, that they would fall into Christ, collapse on Jesus. And I pray that you would satisfy us, that you would, that you would replenish us, that you would strengthen us, that Christ would be all to us and that we would recognize Christ is not only all, but he is in all things. And so father, may we lean into you. Would you help us to, to be deep and, and strong in the grace, be strong in the grace of Christ. And I pray for our friends that feel alone. I pray God that you would connect them because I remember Elijah felt all alone and uh, he felt like he was the only one. And you made it quite clear that you had thousands he didn't even know about. And Lord, there are thousands of grace-believing, Christ-following Christians. And so I pray that you would direct us to them. And Father, would uh, would you just grow us? Would you allow us to reach our world with the gospel of Christ so that the nations, the peoples can rejoice the way we do? And I pray, God, that you would, um, 
that you would get the gospel to every people in every place all over the world. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.